Chapter Twenty of Laughter Limited. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jeremiah Sutherland, Victoria, British Columbia. Laughter Limited by Nina Wilcox Putnam. Chapter Twenty. When I woke up, it was early afternoon, and Mummer was standing by me with a cup of coffee and a bran biscuit which hearty meal was all she ever let me have for breakfast. "'Sorry I have to wake you up, Bonnie dear,' she says. "'Sleep is so good for your face.' But Mr. Silvermount telephoned he was running out to see you on important private business, and I think you better get up. "'Benny Silvermount coming here,' I says. "'What can he want?' "'I dunno,' says Mummer. "'But leave him come. "'They say you'd better be off with the old love before you're on with the new.' but i always say suppose you get off with the old and then the new love don't come across oh mummer how you talk i says i am going to stay with nicky forever but i scrambled out of the hay mighty pronto just the same and was barely ready by the time big ben parked his queer-looking foreign boat against our curb and benny who was alone jazzed our antique knocker mrs delane i want to talk to miss mcfadden alone if you please he says as he come in oh very well says mummer i am sure my daughter well if you will just excuse me please i got something to attend to upstairs and that is the nearest to florida i ever seen mummer the minute the door was shut on her benny come down to brass tacks i could see he was dead serious look here miss delane he says are you stuck on nickels i am not i says but i don't see how it would be your affair mr silvermount if i was huh that's good he says it makes things a whole lot simpler how long are you tied up to him for three pictures i says too many says he break your contract and come back to us i'll give you double whatever he's paying you well for a minute i thought he was cuckoo or something but benny silvermount was the least cuckoo man in hollywood anybody knew that his eyes was like steel gimlets and i felt as if he could see my backbone it sort of had me stopped and for a minute i couldn't speak not so benny look here miss bonnie i am a man of few words he says i want you back i'll pay to get you the mischief-maker will clean up a couple of million, or I don't know this business. Silvermount Productions made that picture and made you. It is your duty to come back. Well, that last brought me down to earth, and I found my voice. No, Mr. Silvermount, you did not make that picture, I says. John Austin Nichols made it, and you know he did. You fought him tooth and nail, and every step while he was shooting it, too. You held him up on the money end, you didn't believe in it, and you said so, real free. The picture made me all right, but it was Nicky made the picture, and I'd never have been on the screen if it hadn't been for him, and I'll stick to him, you bet I will. So I didn't make that picture, eh, says Silvermount, never moving his sharp eyes from me. No, I says hotly. You peddled someone else's brains, that's all. Silvermount got up and took his hat. Then he come and stood close to me. You are a good girl, Bonnie, he says, but you're a fool. However, I will take you back any time. As for Nichols and when he says Nichols, gee, how his map did change. It got suddenly wrinkled and ugly like a baboon, and the steel-blue lights in his eyes was like knives. Nichols, he shouted, all the rage that had evidently been slowly cooking for weeks bursting out of him, I'll break the idiot. I'll wreck him so hard he won't never know what hit him. I made that feller, I tell you. Took him when he was a mere nothing, a young kid starving around town, glad to be assistant cameraman at fifty a week. I trained him and saw he was a genius, gave him publicity, a big name, everything. And now look what he done to me. But I'll fix him for it. 
I could kill him with my hands for what he done. You watch out, and when the smash comes, you'll be glad to jump from under and jump my way. We can't fail, I says. This picture we are making is a great picture. It'll go over big. You can't stop it from succeeding, Mr. Silvermount. Can't I stop it, though, says he, still furious. You just watch, that's all. And with them words he beat it out, slamming the door behind him, and for a few minutes I listened to the roar of the big foreign car as it rumbled off down the street. I was actually shaking with excitement and rage, and I guess maybe I was a little hysterical too, for I got the cuckoo idea that Big Ben really meant what he had said about killing Nichols. The idea once in my being got my goat thoroughly, and by instinct I went over to the old dresser where I kept Nichols' gun. He ought to have it back again. I pulled open the drawer. The gun was not there. For a moment I thought I must have put it someplace else, and then I remembered clearly how I had put it back last night my own self. Adele hadn't moved it, that was sure. She was too scared of the blame thing. There was only one other person knew I had it and where I kept it, and as I stood leaning on the empty drawer and wondering, Mummer's voice preceded her down the stairs. Is Mr. Silvermount gone, she called? Say, Bonnie, I forgot to tell you. While you was asleep this morning, Stricky come over and ate breakfast with me. My, won't he be surprised when he hears how Silvermount was here? End of chapter 20